Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Seeking Truth podcast, the podcast that helps you learn and grow more towards God. I'm so excited. It is the end of the year. It is nearly 2022. Who can believe it? Um, And we've got a beautiful episode today all about the Christmas story. I love Christmas, guys. I love that. It's a time of year that just seems so magical and people just seem more generous and more loving and more kind around Christmas. There's something in the air. People just really you know, grab hold of that generous spirit. And I love it because it just reminds me of, you know, heaven on earth. And I love that it happens around the time that Jesus, our beautiful savior was born, which for me, you know, it just points to the fact that it's a really spiritual time as well. And that it it impacts and flows out into the world and into everyone, regardless of, um, you know, whether you believe in God and whether you believe who Jesus was, it's still a time that impacts everyone regardless, which to me points to the fact that it is, you know, true and a spiritual event for everyone. So a few little updates. I am planning next year to do an amazing podcast series. We are going to um, go back to basics, go back to the foundations And I'm going to create a series designed for um, people who are questioning um, Christianity, questioning um, the faith of God, wondering if this is real. And we're going to have a back to basics series that goes through everything about, you know, identity in Christ and whether Christ is real and comparing Christianity to other religions, everything like that. Um, It will be a great series that you can listen to in connect groups, that you can share with um, some of your friends who have some of those big questions. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, producing that and that will be at the beginning of next year and later on in the year we're going to have another series that is for Christian believers and it's going to go through some of the big questions that we have as believers um, like why do bad things happen to good people and how come God does this you know and things like that so um, look out for those two series I'm really excited um, if you have any burning questions that you want to have included in those series like if you're a Christian or you know non-Christians that have some questions and you'd really love them to be answered on a podcast please shoot me a message on Instagram and I can make sure that I will include that in a podcast episode for you guys so that's just a little background um if you're looking for a Christmas gift as well I've still got um, copies of my book, This Is Love. They are selling fast this year, guys. I am getting an order every day or two for books. Um, and I still got some copies left. But if you want one in time for Christmas, I would be heading onto the website right now and ordering one, emmajanecatchpole.com.au. And you can find it there. Um, so that's just a bit of background. Let's jump into today's episode where we are talking all about the Christmas story. So today we are going to be going through the story of Christmas. And as we know, Christmas is the time that Jesus was born and he came as our Messiah into the world. And by doing that, he actually fulfilled 108 prophecies that were made about him and his birth, 108 that were scattered all through the Old Testament, through all the prophets and through all of those books. Um, There was 108 prophecies about the Messiah and his coming, and he fulfilled all of them. Someone, a mathematician, decided it would be fun to try and figure out what were the chances of fulfilling those prophecies. Um, And he figured out that uh, fulfilling even just eight of them would be a one in 100 quadrillion chance. 
just eight of those 108. So even if some people um, make the argument that, you know, some of those prophecies could be misinterpreted or um, were applied to Jesus out of context, um, you know, even if just eight of them were true, it would still be inconceivable that that occurred by chance. So we can be very confident that Jesus is the prophesied Messiah and he is the one that came to restore us to God and bring heaven to earth. Now, the story of Jesus's birth, I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but when we consider it as, as just a story, we forget about the experiences of the people within the story and we forget to see how they were people just like us. I want you to imagine now, I want us to go back in time together to put ourselves in the shoes of the people who are actually there and live out this story as if it was occurring for the first time. To take our mind back and remember that these were real people that existed. Mary, a young woman in her late teens, finds herself engaged to be married and pregnant. Her family, her friends, they all believe she's been unfaithful, that she's committed a sexual sin, and now she's trying to cover it up. And the blasphemy of what she's saying, claiming that she is carrying the Lord's child, many would have outcast her and excluded her from society. And she was probably thinking, you know, what would Joseph think? Will Joseph believe me? Will he leave me to fend for myself? You know, Joseph would have full rights to break the engagement off in light of me being unfaithful. And she was probably fearful and worried about being abandoned and left alone and being pregnant. And and those fears and those worries started to set in and creep into her mind. And no one believed her. No one believed that she was truly carrying a child from God. And she started to become afraid. And Joseph engaged to a woman from humble backgrounds, now finds himself engaged to a woman who is pregnant and he knows the baby is not his. And everyone believes that they've either slept together before marriage or that she has been unfaithful to him and slept with someone else. And his reputation is on the line now and he doesn't quite understand how this happened. And and the story that Mary's telling him that this baby came from God is just too unbelievable to be true. But Joseph has a kind heart. And he decides that he would marry her and then plan to divorce her quietly afterwards in order to protect her honor that was threatened by having a child out of wedlock. He didn't want to stay with her, but he he didn't want to dishonor her by leaving her pregnant with a child and not be married. And before he goes to marry her, an angel of the Lord appears to him and lets him know that she has not been unfaithful, that truly is a child from God inside her womb. And the angel calms his fears and instructs him not to divorce her, but to raise this baby as his own with Mary. And so he he follows that plan. He marries Mary and then he takes her back to his hometown. And Mary, freshly married and now heavily pregnant, now has to travel halfway across the country back to her new husband's hometown in order to fulfill a government census that is happening. And so, you know, nine months pregnant, She's put on the back of a donkey and made to walk and ride uncomfortably through the desert to the other side of the country. And when they arrived, the town was so packed from all the people there for the census that they could not even find accommodation. And they had to settle on staying in a barn 
surrounded by the smell of animals and their feces and the shame that followed them everywhere they go from the judgment of the people who know their story. And then the worst thing happens. She's in the in the barn and her waters break and she is having this baby and there is no family and there's no friends around her. But her faithful, loving husband stands by her side, reminding her of the promise that God gave them both. And she gives birth to this baby in this dirty, filthy manger, surrounded by scum, with no one but her husband by her side. And as she's holding this beautiful baby and she starts to feel the love for this newborn child wash over her, out of nowhere, three magi come into the manger and bring gifts worth thousands of dollars and show honor and respect to Joseph and Mary and this beautiful baby. Show respect when no one has showed them respect in the past nine months. And no one knows but them who he truly is because it was too unbelievable for anyone to to truly believe that that's where it came from. And yet here they are bowing down in front of them and, and calling this baby king. How do they know? How did they find us? Some shepherds are in the field minding their flock. It's a cold winter's night and it's very dark. And suddenly the sky brightens up and it's a, a bright light, lights up the whole field as if it was daytime. And the shepherds are frozen, afraid, stuck, staring at this light that they've never seen before. And this light then turns into a face and a body and starts to speak. And as they stand there frozen in fear, it says, do not be afraid. I've come to tell you some good news. A savior's been born. He's, he's the Messiah. He's in Bethlehem. I want you to go find him. He's in a manger and he's wrapped in some cloths. And then hundreds more angels appear and they start singing and praising God. And the shepherds are frozen on the spot. They think they are dreaming. This can't be real. This is too amazing to be real. This is too supernatural to be real. It must be a dream. And then the angels leave and the shepherds turn to each other. I think we should go to see if we can find this baby. The Lord has come to speak to us. And so they travel to the place that they were told by the angel to Bethlehem, the city of David, to try and find this baby, wondering if this experience that they've just had was actually real. Did that actually just happen? And back in the manger, the Magi are still gathered and Mary and Joseph are huddled together, cuddling this new baby. And some shepherds rush in saying, here they are, we found them. We were told that our Messiah was born here tonight by the angels and here you are. And they tell them the story of how they were standing in the field and how the angels appeared to them and told them where to find this baby. And everyone is quiet and in awe. And Mary, who at first felt so alone and so abandoned, allows this moment to pour into her heart. Surrounded by people who not only believe her, but confirm that what she says is true that this baby is special, that this baby will change the world and that she is not alone. Eventually the shepherds leave and the Magi do too, 
but afraid of what the King Herod might do to this baby, the magic avoid going back to the palace and they find another route through the land. And Joseph and Mary feel loved and seen because God has blessed them so much with this showcase of love and confirmation through these strangers who knew nothing about them. But before they can settle in too much, suddenly an angel appears. Get up quickly. Take the child and escape to Egypt. Herod is after your baby and he wants to kill him. Take him to Egypt and hide until I tell you it is safe. So in the middle of the night, with a freshly born baby, after just experiencing strangers coming to them and, and praising their baby and calling him king, they are now afraid for his life and they pick him up and they flee, barely rested from this exhausting night and barely having time to process everything that has just happened. They are already on the run. Already this baby's life is under attack and he is being hunted down to death on the day he is born. And for years they hide in Egypt, trying to blend into the native people and their culture and trying to forget the dark history between the Jewish people and the Egyptians. And finally, after a few years, when King Herod dies, they are safe to return back to Israel. And Jesus is met yet again by scorn and confusion and hate and exclusion from society. This isn't a made-up story. All of these things can be found in the Gospels of Luke and Matthew, who paint the picture that this is a very real story, that these were very real people. And as easy as it is to read and look at this story knowing how it all works out in the end, we need to remember the experiences of these individuals as they lived this out in the moment, how afraid and unsure and uncertain they would have been, how much doubt they would have had that did they actually hear from God? Is this is this actually true? And if this is the child of God, how come we're in a manger right now? How come we don't even have comfort and a place to sleep? And how come all of our friends and family have abandoned us? And how come there is no one around us that believes us? Maybe I am going crazy. Maybe this isn't a child of God. Maybe maybe there isn't a greater purpose for this baby, only to be confirmed by these strangers that come in and reassure them that, yes, he is special. Yes, he is a child of God. You don't need to be afraid. You just need to keep trusting. And this occurred in a world that was filled with hate and corruption and highly religious people who looked down on anyone who did not live their way. And Mary and Joseph would have been faced with so much condemnation and so much judgment from people who thought that they had broken the law and slept together before marriage or that she had broken the law and been unfaithful to him. They would have been outcasted. They would have been looked down upon and shamed in front of everyone because people would have had the the view that everything they did was perfect and unless you lived exactly according to the law, you were not perfect and you were not good enough. And Jesus was born into this world and even though he was being hunted from day one, the first day that he was born, he ended up living until he was 33, dying only at the time 
and the place and under the circumstances that God dictated hundreds of years in advance. And all of this happened so that we could realize that relationship with God doesn't come by doing the right things, by ticking the boxes and judging those who don't, but that it comes through your heart, through growing with him and through love. That it comes through showing people that there is a bigger purpose to everything that we go through. That there is a God above us looking after us, even in the midst of our circumstances where we are pregnant in a manger surrounded by poo. That God is still there and that he is still faithful. That God forgives us for everything that we've done and he's made a door, a path for us to come home to him now. This, this is the story of Christmas. This is a real story, real experiences of people who really lived, who went through terrifying things in order to raise this child. And then when that child became a man, he went through terrible things of being hunted, of being tortured. All of this, this atrocity that surrounded Jesus was all for a purpose. And I know that's so hard when we look at our own situations and we're going through dark times and we don't understand how this could be in God's plan for us. But we see from looking at stories like this, where we know the ending, we can see how everything worked together. We can see why everything happened the way it did. And just because our circumstances seem bleak doesn't mean that God has abandoned us, doesn't mean that we have heard the wrong thing from God, doesn't mean we've disobeyed him. He is still with us. And his plan has been set in place for hundreds of years. He knows exactly how things are going to work out. And nothing will happen until it's the right time, right place, and right circumstances that God dictates. Even though Jesus was hunted from day one, from the day he was born, he lived until he was 33, until what he needed to accomplish was accomplished. And he died in the way that God dictated, that he had set out in those prophecies 480 years before. Incredible. Incredible to think about that what we're going through right now has been in place well before we were ever in these circumstances, that God has already planned how we get out of these situations as well. And just because we go through Difficult times doesn't mean God has abandoned us. God never promised us a perfect, easy life on earth. That was, that's never promised to us anywhere in the Bible. What is promised to us is that by living with God by our side, we will get through those difficult times and we are promised a beautiful eternity in heaven with him without any difficulties and any trials. The Christmas story is a story of redemption. It's the story of what God and Jesus went through in order to allow us to see the way that we were living 
ticking the boxes, following all the rules, doing the right things and judging everyone who was living differently, that that was completely wrong. That that was not the way to get into God's heart. That that was not the way to experience God's love. That the way to experience his love was to follow his word, even if that looked different to everyone else, even if that would put you on the outcast of society, if that made people judge you and hate you and not talk to you. That the way to be reconciled to God is to recognize that God's on our side and that he forgives us and he loves us and he's faithful to us, no matter what. And that he wants us to partner with him. He wants us to to work alongside him to help us grow, to help others grow, to reach people around us who were just as confused as we were before we encountered him. So I pray this Christmas, as you catch up with friends, as you spend time with family, there will be people that you cross with that are not Christian, that doubt God loves them, that that doubt God's real. And the nature and the spirituality that surrounds Christmas, I know there's going to be open doors. I know there's going to be opportunities for you to share with them the true meaning of Christmas, for you to share with them the truth behind God's heart for them and how he sees them, that he doesn't see them as mistakes and he doesn't see them as unworthy and broken, that he loves them and he has gone through all this for them. And I just really pray that this story, these experiences of these people is fresh on your mind and that you can look at this story with fresh eyes and see Mary and Joseph and Jesus and the shepherds and the Magi as real people, real people who have the same emotions that we would have if we went through these situations and that they were just as afraid and scared and uncertain and doubtful as we would have been, but they continue to trust and have faith and follow God's word in these situations. And and I hope that encourages us the next time we face something that seems so out of this world and so confusing and so unbelievable that we remember that it's it's okay to have those feelings and it's okay to be uncertain and afraid, but God is still always there and God has still spoken his promises over you and God will find a way to remind you just like he reminded them with the angels. He'll be nudging you and reminding you with Holy Spirit of what you should be doing and what he's asked you to do. So I know this is a different way of hearing the Christmas story than what you've probably heard before, but I hope that this fresh perspective really helps enlighten you and helps you see Jesus and see these people in a new light that you haven't seen before. And I pray that it just touches your heart and helps you remember the true meaning of Christmas and the true symbolism that it has and the true stories that occurred this time 2,000 years ago. 
thank you for all of my listeners who have supported me this year in this crazy year of the Seeking Truth podcast. I am so excited, like I said, for those those series that I'm producing next year. Definitely keep on the lookout for them. Definitely send me um, any burning questions that you have if you want me to talk about them. And I hope you guys have a beautiful Merry Christmas and I hope you have a wonderful new year. May God bless you and present you with many opportunities to share God's love this Christmas. Amen. Bye guys.